This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Is Qualcomm a potential buy now? We're analyzing Qualcomm stock ticker QCOM using the Select 6 analysis. We're looking at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Qualcomm. Then we're giving a rating to the business. There will be a key bonus metric along the way that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Qualcomm for your stock portfolio. This analysis is going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Qualcomm stock performance. Right now, Qualcomm trades for $110.28 per share. Year-to-date, their stock price is down 1%. This is underperforming the market. The S&P 500 is up nearly 20% year-to-date. Right now, Qualcomm has an above-average 2.92% dividend yield. Their average dividend yield is added to their gains in their stock price. In the last decade, Qualcomm is compounding at 5% annually. Going back before the global financial crisis, in the last 18 and a half years, Qualcomm's compounding at 6% annually. Their stock price alone underperforms the market over this time, but with their dividends added back in, Qualcomm's actually outperforming the market. The company trades just $9 above their 52-week low. They're down $29 from their 52-week high. Only 1% of their shares are sold short. Qualcomm's a huge business. They have a $118 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Qualcomm? Qualcomm develops and licenses wireless technology and designs chips for smartphones. The company's key patents revolve around CDMA and C and OFDMA technologies, which are the standards in wireless communications that are the backbone of all 3G, 4G, and 5G networks. Qualcomm's IP is licensed by virtually all wireless device makers. The firm is also the world's largest wireless chip vendor, supplying nearly every premier handset maker with leading-edge processors. Qualcomm also sells RF front-end modules into smartphones, as well as chips into automotive and Internet of Things markets. Now let's dive into their numbers. Metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns around 7% returns on capital. Looking for a benchmark can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the overall business. In this time, Qualcomm's more than doubled their returns on capital. They had pretty strong returns to start off. Things really accelerated for them due to supply chain disruptions during the pandemic. In the last five years when these are averaged out, Qualcomm earns 34% returns on capital in a given year. That's nearly five times better than an average business. This is a huge check on metric number one. Metric number two, we're looking for growth to support their high returns on capital. We want to see revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. These all need to be up and will include their numbers from their last 12 months, which aren't shown on this chart. In this time, Qualcomm's revenues are up 71%. The company's net incomes went from being negative in 2018 to positive today and in all these other years. 
That was mainly due to the company taking a $2.5 billion hit to their other unusual items and having a $5.3 billion income tax expense. Qualcomm's free cash flows have also more than doubled over this time. Great to see their net incomes and free cash flows have grown faster than their revenues. This means the company is getting more out of its fixed assets, it's experiencing some operating leverage, and its margins have increased. This is a big check on metric number two. Metric number three, we want to see earnings per share growth. Not only have the company's earnings grown, Qualcomm's also bought back 23% of their business, repurchasing nearly a quarter of their company. For existing shareholders, this increases their ownership percentage in the business without them having to spend a dime. These big share buybacks and earnings growth contribute to big earnings per share growth. This is a check on metric number three for Qualcomm. Metric number four, we want to see free cash flow per share growth. A very similar story here. Their free cash flows have more than doubled. This coupled with their big share buybacks leads to huge free cash flow per share growth with another massive check on metric number four. Through four metrics, Qualcomm's perfect on our analysis. Does the business have what it takes to keep this going? But there's still one vital piece missing. You might think nailing returns on capital and having good growth is the key, but we haven't touched on the one thing that I believe sets Qualcomm apart which is having these without using a lot of debt. Metric number five, we want Qualcomm's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. In this time, Qualcomm's added to their net debt position. They ended last year with nearly $9.8 billion in net debt. Since then, they brought this down to $6.8 billion of net debt. In their last five-year period, Qualcomm's produced $29.4 billion of free cash flow. That's a ton compared to their net debt position, meaning Qualcomm's very cash flow generative relative to the debt they're using in their business. This is yet another big check on metric number five, as it looks like Qualcomm's in pretty healthy financial shape. Flawless through our first five metrics, does Qualcomm have what it takes to go six for six on our analysis and be a perfect select six stock? Let's find out right after we cover our bonus. As our bonus, we're looking at Qualcomm's dividend profile. We want their dividends to be supported by their free cash flows. Right now, Qualcomm pays an above average 2.92% dividend yield. They've grown their dividends in each of the last five years. And in four of these last five years, they supported their dividends using their free cash flows. 2018 was the only exception. Qualcomm comfortably supports their dividends using their free cash flows today. That's exactly what we're looking for. This means this is a check for our bonus. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Qualcomm's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Qualcomm. Right now, the company has a $125 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their net debt position and their market cap. It looks at Qualcomm similar to it being a private company. In the last five years, we learned they generated $29.4 billion of free cash flow. This means they produce $5.9 billion of free cash flow in an average year. When those average free cash flows are divided by their $125 billion enterprise value, we get around a 4.7% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Qualcomm produced $6.86 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their enterprise value, it gives us a 5.5% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's above the risk premium we're looking for. However, we're valuating this on an average basis for Qualcomm. Even though their average free cash flow is higher than the yield from the 10-year treasury, it's just slightly below the 5% risk premium we were looking for. This means just barely coming in all the way on metric number six. This is an X for Qualcomm, our first and only of the day. Don't just throw the business out. We still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our rating.
Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Qualcomm, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with Qualcomm's current free cash flows and using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Qualcomm. They've had a low level of business predictability in their past. Assuming they grow their free cash flows at 9% annually over the next decade, then in the following decade, assuming these only grow at 5% annually, we'll add in their tangible book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, from today's valuation multiples, if these are the same 20 years into the future, an estimate of Qualcomm's fair value per share is around $76. That's down around $34 from their current stock price. Keep some key points in mind. This discount rate is an estimate of total returns to shareholders based on their free cash flows. It would include their average dividend yield and any potential gains in their stock price. Again, Qualcomm has low business predictability in their past, which can make this a rougher estimate for the business than some other companies we looked at. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll talk about our rating for Qualcomm, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for their business. Why don't we figure out what these are? Looking at the factors supporting a long thesis, number one, Qualcomm collects royalty income on the majority of 3G, 4G, and 5G handsets sold, as it holds virtually all essential patents used in these networks. Number two, barring legal or regulatory challenges, Qualcomm should continue to generate an extremely lucrative stream of royalty revenue on virtually every smartphone sold in the years ahead. Number three, Qualcomm is the clear market leader in wireless chips with a leading market share position in 5G chipsets and relationships with every prominent smartphone maker. It has leveraged this expertise into the automotive and internet of things and markets. But we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negatives of their business as well, looking at the factors supporting a short thesis. Number one, Qualcomm's chip business face a host of challenges from potential share loss at Samsung and Apple to some of its customers developing mobile processor IP and design expertise in-house. Number two, Qualcomm's licensing business has faced regulatory scrutiny in the United States, Taiwan, China, South Korea, and other regions. The biggest threat facing Qualcomm is a negative ruling that states its royalties should not be based on the full price of the phone. Number three, Qualcomm needs to diversify beyond smartphones, which may be challenging as a host of competitors are attempting a similar strategy. Qualcomm also just signed a new deal with Apple to supply 5G chips to the iPhone maker until at least 2026. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of Qualcomm's qualitative factors. Now let's talk about our rating. We learned through analyzing Qualcomm stock ticker QCOM that this company earns huge returns on capital. They've grown across the board with their margins increasing. They've also bought back nearly a fourth of their company, repurchasing 23% of their shares. Qualcomm earns a ton of free cash flow compared to the debt they're using in their business. They've also supported a growing dividend in four of the last five years, and including today. Keep in mind this analysis isn't financial advice. Right now, their free cash flow yields look like they're close to being attractive to the 10-year treasury. On average, they're coming in at 4.7%, and on a current basis, they're at 5.5%. This is something you'd want to dig in and learn more about. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, based on today's valuation multiples, if they're the same 20 years into the future, if you want a 15% rate of return, and believe these assumptions we used, 
an estimate of Qualcomm's fair value is around $76 per share. Qualcomm last traded at those levels in spring of 2020. Keep in mind that far outpaces how the companies performed in their last two decades. When we look at all the factors for our analysis, Qualcomm looks like a great candidate for further research. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like it, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Qualcomm, and let me know what business you want to see next in the comments below. Thanks so much for learning about Qualcomm with me, and have a great day.